This is the Core Group Podcast. This podcast is for group leaders looking for coaching and training tips on how to effectively make disciples. Now here's your Core Group coaches, Chris Standridge and Josh Atwell. Hey, group leaders, I want to welcome you to the very first episode of our Core Group Podcast. My name is Chris Standridge. I'm one of the pastors at Crossroads Church in Mansfield, Ohio. Sitting next to me is my good buddy, uh, my fellow minister of the gospel, a community group leader, a group leader coach in ministry here at Crossroads, uh, an elder apprentice. I was looking for the words there. Um Man, what else do you do? You do a lot of stuff. You help on the security team. There's really a lot of things that you do, but most importantly, man, Josh is kind of my partner in crime. He listens to all my crazy harebrained ideas, and so this is Josh Atwell sitting next to me. Um, Josh and I want to give you a little bit of uh, a backstory to how we met and how we're ending up in this place where we're filming a podcast, um, recording a podcast and talking with all of you guys. So Josh and I met about 18, 19 months ago. I was still fairly new to Crossroads Church, kind of establishing um, my position here as the community's pastor and looking to make some friends, looking to make some connections. And one of the other pastors at one of our campuses recommended that I uh, meet up with Josh and have lunch with him because he has a heart for the word. He has a heart for ministry and to grow in Christ. And so uh, I kind of felt like I was, you, you know, we were kind of set up on a blind date because I remember, <laughs> I remember walking into Buffalo Wild Wings and I had been at the church for maybe three or four months at that point. I don't even know. And I didn't even, I literally didn't even know what you looked like. I'm yeah. walking into this restaurant, like, is this guy going to recognize me kind of thing? And, and so we get a chance to meet. And I would say after about 30 minutes, like it did not take me long. I realized, man, we, we have a lot of common interests. Josh and I both have a, obviously a heart for the word. We have a heart for the local church. We both want to grow. Neither of us feel like we've arrived. And really what struck me, I don't know about you early on was that as I felt like both of us had a passion for a lot of the same like preachers and a lot of the same authors, which led us to a deeper conversation about discipleship. Mm -hmm. And what it revealed was that both of us really are passionate about discipleship and discipling God's people. And so from there, from that original conversation, I kind of sucked, I kind of sucked you in Josh to uh, different ministries. Like I invited you into my community group that I was starting up. And then I invited you to take over that community group after the first semester. There's really not much that you've said no to me about. You're kind of a sucker, aren't yeah. you? Either I'm a sucker or you're very sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> sneaky. Yeah, you're a sucker. You're a sucker. There's really not much that Josh will say no to. So in, in the spirit of being a good group leader, I feel like every good group leader has a good icebreaker question kind of in their back pocket, just ready to throw out there to help people connect at the beginning of a group meeting. So I thought maybe as we start out this podcast, I would ask one question of you. Um, in light of what we just talked about, how you just really haven't said no to very much. Mm. Is there anything that you will say no to no matter what? Two things. Uh, known sin, for sure. That one sounds good, but yeah. known sin, I would yeah. say no to. Uh, and then parasailing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you're you're clearly a lot more spiritual than me, because that wouldn't be like known sin. I wouldn't have said that. Parasailing? You just, are you afraid of heights? You just like, you don't enjoy it? What? Uh, definitely not afraid of heights, but I parasailed once, and that's why I know I'd say no to a second opportunity, because I was up there for five minutes, and it was enough. It was the same yeah. view. It was boring, and I was ready to move on. Yeah. You've done it once. Yeah. Once you've done it once, you've kind of done Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Like, yep. You know, one ocean looks the same as the uh, next, yeah. and it's just not very... Yeah. I would you know. say no. Yeah. yeah. 
So for me, like, um, I would say that one thing that I would say no to is dancing, no matter what. In fact, I got invited into some different ministry opportunities that 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 are going on here at Crossroads. It's right around Christmas time right now, and we're filming some stuff. And I got asked to film some things, and they didn't tell me in advance what I would be doing. And I said, here's the one thing. I don't dance. So Chris, don't dance. Like, I got no moves. And so that's my one thing. I'd, I'd love to sit here and say that I don't do anything that is known sin, but I'm probably not that spiritual. Yeah. But maybe one day I'll get yeah, there and be yeah, like you. Yeah. Mine sounded good. <laughs> you know what? Through the through the upcoming episodes that we're going to be talking about, through the episodes of this podcast, man, we're going to be training you guys as core group leaders on how to become more effective, how to be... How to feel more equipped, how to feel prepared. We're going to resource you. We're going to share some ideas with you. We're going to share some experiences and hopefully some wisdom with you because the chances are that either you have just endeavored into leading a core group for the first time or you've committed to leading one in the near future. And so, um, for a lot of you, you're probably feeling a little overwhelmed. You're a little nervous. And so we want to do our best to set you up for success. And Josh and I, um, by no means are we perfect. By no means have we figured it all out. Like we've got those leaders that we look to. We've got those people that are much further along in this journey than we are that we are looking to, to, to be our teacher so that we can then in turn be your teacher. But here's the key as we kind of get started uh, in this episode, I want you to think about is the fact that you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have all the answers and solutions. What we want to do is help you to get just a little bit better. Um, I went to a global leadership summit probably six years ago, maybe five years ago. And Pastor Craig Rochelle spoke at that leadership summit. And he's, Craig Rochelle is an amazing gifted speaker. He's a, he's a phenomenal leader. He leads one of the largest churches in America. And the one thing that he said that stuck out to me all these years later is he said, you know what? It's not about being perfect. It's not about arriving. It's really just about getting like 5% better. Can you get just a little bit better? Mm-hmm. And so each episode of this podcast, as we walk through them with you, it might be six episodes. It might be 10 episodes. It might be somewhere in between. We're just hoping that each time you get just a little bit better and we want to help walk you through that. And so, um, in this episode in particular, one of the things that we're going to talk about a few things, we're going to talk about what is discipleship. We're going to cover like a historically biblical perspective of what discipleship is. And we're not going to go nearly deep Mm -hmm. enough into that, but just for the sake of those that might be wondering, like, why are we doing this? Where Where's the basis from this uh, of discipleship or core groups coming from? What are core groups at Crossroads? Um, where did this dream kind of come from? Where did it start? How do core groups fit into the community's model at Crossroads? What are some of the leader goals and expectations for Crossroads group leaders as well? And so those are some of the things that we might cover in this episode. And so as we jump into it, Josh and I are kind of going to kind of ask each other questions and give each other opportunities to share what we know about core groups and what we know about discipleship in particular. So I want to start out, Josh, by asking you, uh, let's talk about what discipleship is first and foremost, because I think there's all kinds of ideas out there as to how you can define discipleship amongst Christians. So why don't you start us off with what the Bible has to say discipleship is in a nutshell. I would say in a nutshell, the first thing that comes to my mind is Matthew 4, 19 and 20. I mean, Jesus calling his first disciples, and the first thing he says is, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they drop their nets and they follow him. And then second thing, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, the Great Commission. 
um, just we're called to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And then you look at Jesus' earthly ministry on earth, what he did to disciple, and it was teaching his disciples it was by action, by what he did to follow him. And all throughout the Bible, we're called as Christ mm-hmm. followers to bear our own cross, follow him, reflect him. And uh, we'll get into it later, Chris, like you mentioned, about what true discipleship is and replication and yeah. stuff like that, what a win is when it comes to discipleship. But I would say that in a nutshell, Jesus, it was a priority him to call his disciples and then what he did with them during his earthly ministry, teaching how to walk in his ways. Right. Yeah. And I think that what he left for us was discipleship really became the primary goal of the church. Our goal as a church is not just to make converts. It's not just to get decisions. It's not just to get people to pray this one-time prayer, this get out of hell free kind of prayer. Um, and, and certainly we're not opposed to decisions. We're not opposed to salvation prayers. We're not opposed to making converts. But I think that in some ways the church has lost focus over the last man, probably hundred years, certainly in our lifetime, mm-hmm. we probably both grew up in churches that didn't place an emphasis For sure. on discipleship. And so we made an emphasis or we placed an emphasis on decisions. And then we would kind of turn people loose, expecting that they would just somehow spiritually and maybe uh, magically become disciples <laughs> of Jesus. And so I feel like maybe we've, the church in general has missed the boat on this, but the fact of the matter is this is what Jesus called us to do. And um, the church in some ways is kind of, um, I guess, given up that privilege and that responsibility, especially um, maybe the lay people in the church. They've basically turned that discipleship over to the quote unquote professional disciples like the pastors Mm -hmm. who preach and the teachers who teach and, and all of those things. But man, we're all called to carry out this great commission and to uh, to teach others and to bring others along as we're doing life and and uh, man we don't want to miss that opportunity anymore. So Josh, you've kind of heard me say several times over the course of our friendship now that that uh, we want to make disciples who will become disciple makers. We're going to talk a lot about replication in the coming episodes and how important right. that is. So as we start out talking about this idea of replication, why is that so important? It's, it's a priority and it's important because Jesus prioritized it during his earthly ministry. I mean, imagine if Jesus would have took that core group of his disciples and just taught them, called it quits. That was enough. He had his, his immediate followers and that was good. We, we wouldn't be sitting here today. I don't feel, um, because of Jesus, what he did, the replication, them reaching others, starting the churches. So definitely in a nutshell, I would say to answer your question, it's a priority to the church because it was a priority to Jesus. Yeah. And Jesus started this movement, right? And here's the beautiful thing about movements. Uh, I heard this from another pastor, so I'm stealing this quote or this line, but movements move. And if a movement is not moving, then clearly it's not a movement. It's kind of an idea or a concept. And so, man, Jesus wanted his disciples to go. He wanted to spread them and scatter them. Mm -hmm. He wanted them to wherever they went, take the name of Jesus and the message of Jesus with them. And so what we found is early in the New Testament, or really in the book of Acts, is like Jesus ascends back to heaven and the disciples, they don't know what to do. And so they kind of freeze. And certainly they do the right thing by waiting on the Holy Spirit to send them. But what we know is over the course of the next years and decades is that they didn't still naturally just scatter. So the Holy Spirit had to scatter them and he had to move them. And a lot of that came through 
what we know today is persecution. Like they were persecuted. They lost jobs. They lost homes. They lost um, careers and families. And they were pushed all over the known world. And everywhere they moved, everywhere they went, they took the message of the gospel of Jesus with them. They made disciples everywhere they went. Which is kind of why we created core groups here at Crossroads. Yeah. Yeah. Some churches refer to them as D groups, discipleship groups. That's We call them core groups, yeah. which is also how we came up and developed the great podcast name of the core group group podcast. Yeah. It's yeah. such a ring to it. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, and, and the reason we call them core groups, it would be a lot easier, honestly, if we called them D groups or discipleship mm -hmm. groups. It's a, it's a little clearer that way, but you know, here in our communities department here at Crossroads, you hear a lot of C's. And so we've got this alliteration going on. We have community groups, yeah. we have classes, yeah. we have connect groups. And so it didn't make much sense to start discipleship that's groups, right. yeah. even though that's didn't what they fit. are. So yeah. we just decided let's call them core groups so that we can stay with that theme. Um, and so, J Josh, let me ask you another question. Can you explain who core groups are, um, who they're for, and what they look like? Yeah, sure. Uh, core groups, the way we've kind of got the core group thing going and our intentions behind it is it's an it's a intentional gathering of three to five men, three to five women, specifically all men or all women mm -hmm. for a reason, because core groups get the goal behind the core groups, and, and you'll find out if you haven't already, Core groups get intentional. They get deep. You do life together. You go through scripture together. I mean, there's a lot in a core group, so we think it's fitting that it's men with men, women right. with women for right. stuff that may be shared through them. Mm -hmm. And then just core, I mean, core groups as a whole is it's a first somebody who's a believer in Christ. And we have, we have groups for non-believers, community groups, classes, trainings, but core groups are for a Christ follower to right. do life with other Christ followers right. in a very intentional discipleship kind of way. Can you explain why you say Christ follower? Because we don't necessarily say that specifically for a community group or a class or a connect group. Because this person should, they sh Jesus Christ should be their personal savior. They should be a Christian. They should be a believer. The Holy Spirit should be in their heart and they're going to heaven when they leave this earth. Mm -hmm. And a Christ follower, a person of faith in these core groups is key because you, they, they've been evangelized, they've come to know, they know the gospel, and then as you go through the curriculum of these core groups and you're talking with other believers, that's what fits it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So we're talking, you know, we're talking about scripture and in order to really understand scripture and to apply it, you need the presence of yes. the Holy spirit. That's right. So somebody that maybe isn't a believer doesn't have that Holy spirit. Mm -hmm. And so they're working on different planes, different mm -hmm. levels. And so certainly in our community groups, in our classes, in our connect groups, those are places for lost people to investigate. Yes. Those are places for, for those that are still searching for the truth to ask questions and to get involved and to even find some community. Yeah. But really core groups is about like, man, we're believers, we're oh. brothers or sisters oh, yeah. connecting yeah. on that deeper we, level. We expect intimacy, transparency, and truly doing life together through a core group. You have to have that brotherhood, mm -hmm. that family, the, mm -hmm. the body of Christ, one body sharing with each other because Truly, it is transparent and doing life together. You use scripture as your uh, preparedness on how and how to cope with situations and do life with other people. And it's, I think it's crucial that it's believers alike in that room doing that together. Right. Yeah, right. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, and it's discipleship 
I mean, we could talk evangelism, discipleship all day long. Like you said, you said it well. We have groups for uh, evangelizing and and bringing non-believers come to know the Lord. Core group has its that's its purpose and intention behind right. it for sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris, why don't you illustrate how core groups fit into the community's model at Crossroads as a whole? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a really good question because I think it's going to impact a lot of. It's going to impact everybody that gets into a core group ultimately. Mm-hmm. For sure. So the ideal idea behind core groups is that they are either a funnel to community groups or they're a funnel from, they're fed by community groups, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And so again, we have community groups and really what that is, is those are those are small groups that are meeting in homes, people that are really doing life together on a, on a maybe semester by semester or a year by year basis. Uh, um, our classes will feed into core groups a little bit as well, but a lot of those classes are really semester based and they're a lot of times topically based. Um, and so maybe maybe relationships aren't developed to the same depth as they are in community groups. And certainly connect groups are the same way. A lot of those groups are like affinity groups. And so if you've got an interest in riding motorcycles, we, this last Mm. summer, we had a connect group that was a motorcycle club. If you're interested in, um, like uh, knitting and crocheting, we've got a crick or we've got a, 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 a it's called with these hands a group that they they knit and they crochet and all these things and they do it as a ministry. They don't necessarily get deep into God's word, but they are doing life together and they're sharing and uh, like they're sharing in a in a in a common interest. And we had like last year we had a softball team as well. That's a connect group. And so, um, just to give you an idea, like how it we kind of see it ideally playing out like in a normative fashion. It's not always going to work this way. But for example, Josh, your group and my group of guys are two separate groups of guys, but we all came from the same community group. So we've got this group of like seven or eight guys that we do life together with. And we just invited them into a core group and said, hey, let's go deeper. Let's go next level. And so that is one way that core groups fits in with community groups and and our whole model. But the other way too is that the idea of sometimes these core groups might work the other way where guys might spend a year together and then say, you know what? I love this fellowship. I love what we're doing. We have a lot of things in common. Let's invite our spouses into this if we have spouses Mm -hmm. and let's just turn it into a community group. And so it really kind of works both ways. And um, yeah, so that's kind of where we're going with it. we want to make sure that these groups stay small. I know you said three to five mm-hmm. men, three to five women, uh, they're gender specific. Um, but we're hoping that what this does is it takes communities to a deeper level For and sure. that there are certainly places that, uh, individuals and friends will go in a community group in a home that they won't go. They won't go there on a Sunday morning, but they will in a home. But there's also places that I know men won't go when they're around their wives and women, they won't go to those places when they're around their husbands. And so we tried to create relational spaces that are safe for men to deal with the, the temptations and the struggles that they go through and for women to go through those things as well and to talk through those things. And so we're really going to a deeper level as we study God's word and we talk about struggle and accountability. Yeah, so sure. Josh, why don't you, um, why don't you close this out? We're, we're going to wrap this thing up here in just a minute or two. Why don't you close this episode out with a few goals and expectations that we have for a core group leader? Because I would assume most of the people that are watching this, they're going to be a core group leader if they're not already. And so uh, what have we kind of like uh, initially laid out for core group leaders as an expectation? What are we looking for? 
Uh, several things. Shepherd, um, you shepherd your group. You connect regularly with the group. It's not that one meeting a week. You're connecting regular with your group. You're following up with them, texts, uh, situations they bring up, prayer requests they have. You're intentionally, follow up is huge. Um, and discipleship. People need the follow-up, not just that initial, how you doing? They want the follow-up. They know you care. And and that's shepherding well, Mm -hmm. is by connecting regularly with the group, growing um, in your own spiritual disciplines. I found out real quick in my core group that the surroundings I had and the men in my group, it, it put me on a whole, on a fast track, I would say, with spiritual disciplines for sure, for myself. Uh, Serving your group. How can you serve your group? And that sometimes comes with serving their families a little bit, I found out. But just... The servant heart, the servant heart, the servanthood of serving your group and those around, expanding the ministry, talking about core groups and discipleship, non eat, almost eat, sleep and breathing uh, discipleship. Yeah. Is, I feel yeah. like that's one of the things we had in common during yeah. our lunch. It was both heavy on both of our hearts of just we eat, sleep and breathe discipleship. Yeah, and so let me say ways. something yeah. to that. I want to interject because for some people that might be hearing that, that's intimidating. Like I don't eat, you know, breathe and sleep discipleship. Right. Once you get into these, yes. it becomes because it's so life giving. It yeah. will become a natural part of your your week. It's like exciting. you will think more about it. Yeah, it's exciting. It's changing your life. Yeah, it's exciting. And when you see it changing your life, and you're sitting across one hour a week, or something, a, somebody a verse that they journaled about, and they send you that text and impact in their life, that is exciting. And it mm-hmm. kind of makes me think about it throughout the day. And I know they're thinking about it throughout yeah. the day too. So that's good. And then replicating yourself. And yeah, I think you said that word again. Yeah, I think right? you've said a couple times. Yeah, well, it'll be mentioned a lot throughout these podcasts, but replicating yourself in the end, that's what it's about. And at the beginning, when you open with kind of discipleship and what's discipleship, um, true intentional discipleship, and you can comment on it, but a disciple in my mind and in my heart and even in scripture in so many ways, you can you can just grab right out of it and draw from it and from God's word that a disciple is one who in turn goes right. and makes disciples. Right, yeah. right. So we got to keep that process yep. going. Yep. So that replication is going to be really critical to the success of not only your core group but the future core groups of people that you pour yourself into as disciples. And you got to prepare your group for that right. throughout the whole year, throughout right. the whole journey. You're re- you're preparing for that replicating right. process, and that'll definitely come up in a future podcast. Yeah. We're going to talk about how important that's going to be to cast that vision from the early get-go, from the outset, really, with your groups. I don't want to take too much time to spend on that. But yeah, those are some of the things that we're looking for in core group leaders. And so we're so glad that you're going on this journey with us. Thanks for uh, pressing play on this episode of the podcast. We want to invite you back again for the next one. Our next episode, we're going to be talking about um, some of the different marks of a disciple. Like, What are the distinguishing marks of what a disciple does and who a disciple is. And so thanks again, everybody, for watching this episode. We'll see you next time.